0: Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. All
1: right. I have a question. My question was, can you name a play in a game that affected the course of a team's history? I shall sit back and listen. (laughs)
0: I almost feel like playing rocks, paper, scissors with Pat to see who wants to go first, but I'm going to defer to him. Ah rats. Okay.
1: Uh. So you defer to him, but not to me. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> well, you are a woman.
1: Right, right. Sorry, I was getting uppity.
0: <laughs> That's right. You you just sit down and mind your manners, man. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Continue, Pat. Um...
2: Game seven, 1986, Western comp. Was it what? I forget what the conference was called back then. Oh, I'm so brain dead today. um, You know that time Steve Steve Smith hit the puck into his own net and the uh, Edmonton Oilers lost to the Calgary Flames three to two. I don't so much think it would change the Oilers history. But I'm pretty certain it would have shaken Calgary up pretty bad had they lost that game Um, to the point where I'm not sure how much longer Landy McDonald is on the team. I'm not sure how much longer Mike Vernon is on this team. And I honestly believe they do not win the 1989 Stanley Cup. If they don't beat Edmonton in the series and make it to the Western Conference, or the, is it Wales or Campbell conference? I can't remember. Campbell. Campbell. All right. Thank you. Wales was, Wales was. So I, I've seen the trophy presented the, um, the Wales trophy presented three times in person. And I, I never remember anywho. Um, yeah, I, I, Laney McDonald had an incredible season in, um, 85, 86. And that he pretty much plateaued in that playoff run because, uh, start line doesn't look so good for a player in their early thirties. So I'm not sure he hangs around long enough to finish with 500 goals. Makes him not potentially an NHL hall of famer. That makes him not on the selection committee at present day. So I just think there's kind of a ripple effect from there. And then who knows, maybe the Oilers, you know, make a couple extra bucks, maybe Wayne and Janet delay their wedding one more summer. And he's not traded until the summer of 89. I think that was a foregone conclusion, but maybe it just delays other things like, I don't know. Patrick Wah has how many rings? If he faces the Edmonton instead of... Uh... Oh, who did they play? Um, St. Louis. That who who did they beat in '86? Oh, who did
0: Montreal I... beat? Yeah. Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. So yeah, that who? Was, that was who... Wah's rookie run.
2: Exactly. Who knows, you know, what happens there? I mean, if I I don't think St. Louis was beating Edmonton, so it it was a matter of could Wad beaten Gretzky and company or, you know, do what he did against the Flames in a 4-1 final, four games to one. So I just think there'd be an interesting ripple effect to see, you know, in, in this alternate timeline, what could happen with the shape of things, so. All right, the second half has started. I'm kicking the ball over to you, Patrick.
0: Game two, the 1993 Stanley Cup final. Marty McSorley and his Los Angeles Kings are up one nothing. Marty McSorley gets called... (laughs) We're <laughs> in a legal curve.
1: When was the last time that call was made? Do you even remember? I, I swear they haven't like made that call in years in oh, the NHL.
0: I think I've seen it twice since then, and I do not remember. I want to say one was Ilya Kovalchuk.
1: That sounds about right.
0: I think. Um, but Los Angeles had a one nothing series lead at that point, and they were headed back to the forum for games three and four and had a one nothing lead in the game, and that, I I don't know if you could, (sighs) imagine Los Angeles wins the cup in 93. What does that do to the value of the franchise and all those other things? I don't think it helps Bruce McDonald avoid jail time, but (laughs) I don't think that franchise ends up in the financial dire straits that it did. Um, and is it also not you know, I mean that that's part of the reason why he was eventually traded to St. Louis was they couldn't you know continue to afford him. And you want to talk about sort of a, a pinnacle moment. It took l a nineteen years <laughs> to get back to to get back to the playoffs. after having won, I think one, Was one series after that after the 93 cup run i mean there was uh, i was gonna say i was originally gonna answer patrick law's infamous statue of liberty but that really didn't have a massive detrimental detrimental effect to the avalanche but to me that really yeah, to to me that whole being down one nothing to the Kings, the Kings were kind of looking very strong at home. They were up one nothing in the game. Montreal looked flat in that game, and to have oh my god, and to have them call McSorley for for an illegal curve was just chef's kiss, you know.
1: It's infamous. It was an infamous call.
0: It, so it, it really was.
2: So the only two times I could see it called since then, one was Jason or the Jason Spezza was caught and they performed a stick measurement back in 2009. But this penalty was called. I don't know how we're going to phrase this. I'm just going to say two seasons ago. Um, or at least the penalty was called where uh, Vlad Tarasenko Grabs one oh. of his teammates' sticks, who's much taller than him, which is yeah. a stupid quirk in the rule book. So, so it's been more than a decade since a stick measurement took place in a game.
0: I was getting Tarasenko's call confused, and obviously, I was getting Tarasenko and Kovalchuk confused because I just, I just went rushing.
2: Well, that. no, I'm pretty sure Kovalchuk back. Eh, I'm pretty sure it was with Atlanta. I believe he was called for an illegal penalty.
0: Yeah, and just, you know, the Kings were leading in the third period, 2-1. to And, yeah, that's when Eric Desjardins just took over the rest of the game and ended up with a hat trick. I mean, that's just, you know,
2: again, chef's kiss. (laughs) Number 37 in your programs, number one in my heart for so many years. So
1: mine mine was uh, Claude Lemieux breaking Chris Draper's face. Oh. That... That. And that changed two franchises. Exactly. That that was one of those moments. They were still, the Red Wings and the Avalanche were still kind of like pissy with each other, at, you know, up, up until that point. But that just really cemented the hate between those two franchises where we, find, we, that was probably the last true rivalry in the NHL, the Red Wings and the Avalanche. And it was really cemented with that play. And Chris Draper had to have all kinds of reconstructive surgery because it literally broke his face.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just... Oh. I, I Plates think,
1: and things, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, Dangle had something about that in his book because I guess Draper is from an area not too far from where he grew up. Steve Dangle did. East Scarborough. Came, yeah, Scarborough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and draper came to his class not long after that happened you could you know you could still see his face was swollen and stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that was yeah that, mm, 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 mm. that didn't have a detrimental effect on two franchises i see that's the way i kind of took the question you know what sort of one play i went detrimental i went negative you know
1: well and i did too and then and initially I was trying to come up with something and I was drawing a blank because my mind doesn't work like this. I, I do not latch on to plays. I do not latch on to games. I do not remember. I go to a game and I barely remember half of what happened. I just remember how I felt. <laughs> you know? Unless something unusual happened, I don't really remember much of what happens in games. And so, um, I remember that and I was sitting there thinking, yeah, but that that's not really. It, it was detrimental to Chris Draper because he had to have plates in his face, but um, it wasn't overall detrimental to, you know, e- either team. But then, you know, Pat was going off about how, you know, Calgary wouldn't have been Calgary had they not had this happen, and <laughs> that was positive <laughs> things and stuff.
2: You know, I Sorry feel like I you. should have. I feel like I should have a transition here to something, but well,
0: I was I was first before we transition off this, and yeah. you apply the the e breaks to this. I would <sighs> I would like to thank you for confirming that I am not crazy by finding the game score sheet that said Ilya Kovalchuk yeah. got nailed for a an error. <laughs> <curve. laughs>
1: so, yeah, I did remember that. Yeah.
2: Thank God. Okay. Yeah. Cause, I am good at the duck duck go. Most people don't understand what that is. <laughs> but I'm good with it. <laughs> oh, I,
0: I can't give you another transition because I don't know where you're going.
2: Oh, I, I was just about to say it's just been one of those weird weeks where I I can't transition out of this.
1: The only real unfortunate thing that happened um was was it Lipsick? Is that how you say his name? Leipzig. Yeah
2: who is a garbage human being and would still have a valid contract in the league were he any a player of consequence.
1: Right. And, you know, if his brother hadn't been kicked off his college team, then first, then I'm not sure the Caps would have followed suit <laughs> So had the idea to do it.
2: <laughs> so it's always, you know, the smaller body setting the precedent for the for the big clubs, you know, you uh, sports team. Does the work that the uh, you know NHL team should have done immediately.
1: Well, it shames them, that's why it's like, oh well if they're gonna do it, I guess we have to do that too. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, so that was really the only big news. Oh uh, the other the other news this week was um it doesn't look like the draft will be held in June.
0: No. Ah. Look at me being shocked. Oh know, right? wow.
2: All right, because the GMs are all. GMs. <laughs> crying, white dudes. Crying, old, graying, or losing all their hair, white dudes. And they're six times.
0: Okay, okay, thank you. Thank you for that qualification. <laughs> I was getting, I there. Felt, I was I getting felt there. seen. I uh, felt uh, seen until you put
2: that in
1: there. Attacked. You were attacked. Oh, just- at what
2: stage of this are they just gonna have to accept the fact that business as usual doesn't exist and they actually have to adapt to a different reality. And if the dinosaurs had a space program,
0: they'd still be around today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You no know? no
1: There's a Star Trek episode about that. So um, you know the, the other issue too is that a lot of the arenas, are being used to um, combat and help the whole pandemic thing. So, you know, like Toronto's had been, I don't know if it still is, turned into a giant soup kitchen. Uh, arena. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Toronto. Um, and then there's a couple of others, like football stadiums and whatever, they're being turned into impromptu morgues. Um, Some are being turned into field hospitals. So you have these facilities that are being used to help medical people with the pandemic, and then you bring back sports. What happens to them?
0: Oh, my God. I have such a morose and awful sense of humor. (laughs) If you want to put people on ice, you put them in a hockey arena. I mean... Uh (laughs) I, I, I don't oh, like God. it because there are no, I many people dying Out there and it's nothing and to I'm, joke about But I'm
1: laughing not because Of what you're saying but because Of what I was reminded of
0: That's As a just...
1: side As a side thing One of my friends in high school Her, her dad Was um, The obnoxious Hilariously funny sort And so he would occasionally uh, And this is what it reminded me of which is a cl- completely inappropriate as well. Um, the, he used to pick up the phone, and their last name was Hills. And he would say, um, Hills Mortuary, you stab him, we slab him. How can we help you? Mm-hmm. He would answer the phone that way. I was just like, ah, okay. <laughs> Again, totally inappropriate. But anyway. I um, have such a...
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, anyway. My my foot tastes like, oh, chickpeas. Let me get it out of my mouth.
1: <clears throat> That's okay. I, I joined you, so <laughs> you weren't alone.
0: And thank you for transitioning off the Brandon Leipzig stuff because there's nothing that needs to be
2: said.
1: Especially we by
0: it. me, an old white guy. Yeah. I can no way defend it, he said. There's well, no, no excuse. There's As- nothing.
1: As an old white guy, you can stand up and say what he did was wrong because apparently the young white guys aren't doing that. Or you
2: can be Brad Hall and oh. pretend that you're relevant. Damn it.
1: And outing yourself as you say so. Oh. <laughs> you know,
0: I listened to that episode, that podcast episode, and I am thankful for two things. Um, One, that Jeff Merrick wasn't there hosting that day. I do feel greatly sorry for David Amber Because Boy did David Amber try and soften the ground for him Because he got Brett got disconnected Sort of in the middle of that whole episode Or in that middle of that interview when he was saying those things And David I, David tried to soften the ground for him while they were waiting for him to reconnect By saying I don't think Brett has the full uh, View of what Leipzig said Or you know kind of along that line Of I don't think he has a full understanding Of what's going on or what was said And Brett just came back on And started doubling down more And going "Um, David one you didn't need to soften The ground for him Two somebody should have jumped in And said Hey you know this is You know what he said was a little bit beyond What you know We used to say back in the day, but then I stop and sorry, but I, but then I stop and think myself where I was back in the eighties and I would go, no, no, no shit. Like that was said with some of my friends, I grew up, I learned it was wrong, you know,
1: 70s. It's 70s thinking, is what
0: it's I was. Late 70s, early 80s. You know, there was there was still a bit of that Rat Pack, slap them on the tush, you mm-hmm. know, the honey, babe, doll, kind of stuff going around. But I grew up.
1: See, my problem with all of it is the fact that the quote unquote leaders, stars, who are, who have you know, are just like the true leaders in hockey, the players that just like everybody wants to follow and and character guys and blah, blah, blah. Silence, nothing. This should have been years. the time, yes. this should have been the time when Sidney Crosby stood up and said, we won't put up with that, that is wrong. We're not doing that anymore. This should have been the time when McDavid did that. Or I would say Ovechkin, but he's Russian and they have a whole other bit of issues going on. But, I mean, you know, it should have been, like, a watershed moment for some, like, prominent NHLer to come out and say, that's not right. We shouldn't be doing that. And there was nothing. Silence.
0: That's because all of them were too busy going through their texts and... Emails to make sure that Stuff that they said Wasn't going to get outed Because You know I uh, That whole thing just Listening to some of the podcasts I listened to Was just painful because it, it, The the Blinders on some of the hosts uh, Were you know Well I never saw it eh, Come on don't give me that You know this is this isn't some subset of a subset of a subset of a culture this is a hyper masculine toxic environment in that and and it's all professional sports some are better at it than others and i hate saying the word better but
1: <sighs> see what's but... wrong with what's wrong with hockey what would fix this besides you know guys actually calling each other out, which would not happen, especially publicly, is if they had more women in hockey ops, because, and I, and I know that they would suffer a lot of issues because of this, but how many times, and you gentlemen being men, how many times what? have you been sitting there, I know, right, sitting there talking shit, excuse my language, with uh, your yeah. buddies, with your buddies, and then someone, a woman walks by, or a woman walks in, and you stop. Because you know it's not right to do that around women. Well, doing that often enough, you learn that it's just not right to do, period. And so, there aren't any women in hockey ops to like, call people out on crap. (laughs) It's... uh... I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. I understand. Uh,
0: no, I'm not saying there needs to be more women in the sport, period, especially in hockey ops and front offices. That's just... That needs to happen for multiple reasons. One is, yes, I think I think one of the grand side effects of that whole um, process would be to start eliminating
2: some of this crap. I mean, yeah.
0: Pat, we've kind of stepped over you. You were going to inject something there.
2: Yeah, so two things. Like, you hear a lot of stories basically about guys that are still friends with their old teammates. And it gets me thinking, why the hell aren't I, you know, friends with a bunch of my old teammates? And it's because of reasons like this where, you know, they're either uh, this part of the garbage spectrum and can't evolve or they're just part of my language. They're just assholes. Yep. And, and you know, it's one, it's one thing to trash talk each other a little bit, but you know, there, there comes a time to kind of grow up and shut up. And then to honestly, most of the women I know in and around hockey could out trash talk. Every one of these morons because they're they, they say the same things from the time they were 14 until the time they're probably 84. They're not creative. It's just they're saying the same stupid things over and over again, and it's neither clever nor funny after, you know, the second time.
0: I would say the first.
2: Yeah. Actually, well,
0: probably even before the first in some cases. Yeah.
2: Well, um, I'm just talking about stuff that isn't necessarily sexist, mis- misogynistic, you know, well, racial.
0: I'm- same thing. I'm, you know. Yeah. Regardless, anything that generally jumps out of their head wasn't funny to anyone but them the first time. Uh-huh. See,
1: here's you know. here's Saskie made a Saskie Stewart made a great point. You said she said that you know she's been around sports for a long time now, and she's in social media and stuff. And not once has she had to tell a female professional athlete to respect somebody. Yeah. And I mean, having played. There are lines that you don't cross, you know, so so part of the thing with being um, a woman athlete is or a girl athlete is that you're told, like everybody, you're told to respect your opponent. Well, in a girl's mind, that means respect them in all ways and not just respect their talent. Their ability. And so there are just certain lines you don't cross because that would be disrespectful to your opponent. But that doesn't mean you can't trash talk them. And you can't trash talk your friends. There's just certain lines you don't cross because it's not sportsmanship. I had
0: more. Yeah, I'm sorry, Cassie.
1: I was just gonna, just going to say, and that's that's just how it is with female athletes, for the most part. I had more
0: fun coaching a women's hockey team for the short period of time that I did because they were Carlin, Carlin, George Carlin-esque. They were crass. <laughs> they were they were what you would consider vulgar. But it was never hateful. It was never it was never demeaning to any any other women or anything. You know they'd 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 rip jokes on men. You know, but it was never like oh he's he's a chunk or he's a heifer. You know it. They'd pick on they'd pick on non physical attributes. You know. Mhm. Oh, you know. Yeah, I
1: mean you don't you don't. You don't trash on their person. You don't so the lines you don't cross is you don't you don't like trash talk about what people look like. You don't trash talk about what who they're dating or who they're yeah. married to or their children. You know, you don't trash talk family. What you're trash talking is what's going on in front of you on the ice or on the court or whatever. That's all you're trash talking. And if you're trash talking your teammates, then, you know, it's about personal choices rather than what they look like or, you know, that sort of thing. So still there's still lines you just don't cross because it's seen in women's sports as sportsmanship. It's a part of sportsmanship that you do not cross these lines. And in men's sports, it's not because men boys, when they're told to respect your opponent, they automatically latch on to respect their ability and don't worry about the rest.
0: He can hurt you on the field, that's it.
1: Right. And everything else is fair game.
2: When different segments of life don't intersect with theirs they never feel like they're crossing a line because they are never willing to walk in another person's shoes bingo. at any point.
0: B I N G O. B I N G O. And Pat just rang up bingo. Yes. I think I was short two claps there. Sorry. Nah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, the the people that accuse the rest of the world of living in the bubble are the ones that live in the bubble. When they act like that, you know. When when you when you have to sit here and and, I mean, I love him and I sh- he is cherished and he should be the ambassador of hockey forever and ever and ever, but when your, and I this is gonna sound horribly wrong when your token black guy is Willie O'Ree and you're trotting about everywhere as the face of diversity, come on. Where is Mike Greer? Where's mm-hmm. Joel Ward? You know, Anthony Stewart's doing a great job. Why, you know, Kevin Weeks is just hanging around on the NHL network.
1: What about the what about the, the um First Nations
0: players? Anson, oh god, yeah, Tutu. Yeah. You know. Jordan Two, I mean, even Carey price.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even carry price, God. Sorry. I just I'm so glad. There's no hockey right now. Cause I wouldn't watch it because I'm just so I don't want to say done, but I'm just like oh, here we go again. You know, bro being bro.
1: As we've all said, the sport is fantastic and that's what keeps us in. Yeah. But the and, league sucks.
2: And the league is the one thing that's you don't have to hunt and scratch and claw just to be able to watch or consume at a reasonable time Um, because everything else, all the other leagues, it's hard whether it's financially or, or just time of day. Like when I was, you know, five, 10 years ago, I would love to watch, you know, European broadcasts and, start, you know, between my 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. while I'm working because I have a luxury of working from home a lot or having a large monitor where I can have a tiny corner dedicated to a stream from Europe. I know I'm very much in that 0.1% of people who have access and means to do that on a daily basis. So it's just it sucks that sometimes that we fall into the trap of this is what we have access to and that's what we consume. But then I, I am remember, I do remember that, you know, not 75% of the time, because I don't want to give the NHL too much credit. Um, they put on an okay product.
0: Yeah. And I just completely hate that. I forgot BK Subban. I mean, Okay giving some props for allowing him to do his hat trick trivia challenge or his his trivia stuff so it's not just Willie O'Ree but uh, until I I guess I'm just at the point now until I hear um, a female's voice when they do an interview with a GM or even a coach an assistant coach or a head coach or there's you know a, a a person of color behind the bench or the GM. I'm just, they're going to trot out more white guys. And I've just, as a white guy, I will say I am sick of white guys.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Welcome to my life.
0: (laughs) You know, I
1: I say that as a white woman. So imagine if, if I were of another ethnicity, that would even be like 10 times worse. So
0: God, I know. I think I'm just in that mood because I spent too much time yesterday going down a rabbit hole of curiosity and that rabbit hole was apparently some middling, I don't want to say middling, some noted chef took a swipe at Chrissy Teigen and uh, it got retweeted into my timeline, Chrissy Teigen's response, and I was just like, I wonder what's going on here. And, And I spent way too much time like drilling into it and then
2: I'm just like yeah I'm sick of white people And <laughs> huh. mm-hmm. I just had to watch the three Mighty Ducks movies with my kids for the first time Whew. if you thought they were bad before yikes I they're a problem they were good.
1: they're actually supposed to be making a, a series Mighty yeah. Ducks series
2: but the premise of that series kind of bothered me. It was there's <laughs> like they, they transform a I, I need to pull up the exact wording and I'll get back to it. But I, I think it was to summarize it. It was some parent got frustrated with the, the local Mighty Ducks hockey organization and decided to start her own. And is bringing in Gordon Bombay to help coach some new team or program. And I just roll my eyes because that's how every stupid travel program gets started. It's because I don't like their Kung Fu. I only like my Kung Fu. So I'm going to go do my Kung Fu. And it doesn't really solve anything.
0: Anyway. If I remember the premise correctly, and, and while, I'm, while you're searching for it, I will pull this out. If I remember the premise correctly, is that the D5 Mighty Ducks became Marie Antoinette? <laughs> <laughs> they over, you know, they overthrew
1: I'm sure you that know. wasn't catherine the great because i swear i saw something uh, about that too <laughs> could, i mean it
0: could be basically it was you know they <laughs> they usurped those that were on the throne and became what they despised the most not that marie Antoinette became what she despised the most she became exactly what she wanted to became but you know basically they have ascended to power and fallen into the the traps and pitfalls that have come with power and Yes. So basically, if I remember correctly, the way I sort of said it was the parent was reverse Adam Banksing, her kid.
2: Mm. Yes. Um, I, I can't find the full release, but um, uh, a Minnesota hockey mom helps her son, Evan, build their own ragtag team of misfits to challenge. The cutthroat. When it all cost costs culture of competitive youth sports. Of of the mighty ducks. Yeah.
0: Because if I remember, if I remember the one that I saw, it was they were literally, you know, going after the mighty ducks because they had become the cake eaters. Yes. And I know I sit here and quote the
2: movie, I didn't like him. Yeah, there was they're like all terrible things. There's one or two redeeming takeaways, not redeeming things about the movies, but they were decent kids movies, but in the hockey lens, whoa, are they still problematic? Oh, yeah.
1: um, I don't really like sports movies generally. So like, yeah, they were that was not people sit there and go off about how great that movie is or those movies are and I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. But you know what, if you enjoy it, go ahead.
2: They were fine for my kids cuz then it they kind of wanted to play hockey for a little bit. And I haven't heard them utter the words cake eater once Good. this week. So, I I think I'm doing all right. You are winning at parenting uh, for now. <laughs> Tomorrow is another day.
1: <laughs> Keep fighting the good fight, my friend. Uh, oh my God! So.
2: So <laughs> uh, ever... September, right? Yeah, that, that that's that's what we're looking at now. Sure. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Let's let's get through this next uh, um, case and death spike here in June and July, and then we'll see where we're at, right?
2: Sure. Eh. I mean, yeah, this, it, this is perfect for the NHL. They just make things up as they go along, anyway. Wasn't that
0: what all is that what everyone's life is like, Pat? Not That's what
2: that it happens. should be, but they lie to themselves about it and think that <laughs> yeah. they're doing things and have a process, and no, just figure it out as you go and that's
1: that we would all respect them so much more for it oh
2: my gosh yes and that the whole (laughs) idea of having a draft before a season ends it's just like hey this is what we got to do and you know what's going to happen in what are we looking at six seven weeks when a bunch of employees are without a contract and then they have a draft because that's going to go over well too know it's
1: i mean you know some teams are already firing you know uh that's what they're called scouts so (laughs) hey
0: and it's not like you can't sign a 30 it's not like they can't make up a 30-day contract i mean it's it's law it's the law you can literally do anything you want in the law once (laughs) all it takes is someone challenging it and then based on the outcome of that challenge you can do it again forever or you can never do it again you just have to find a different way to do it Mm -hmm.
2: like getting a prep school with a semi-problematic you know nickname of the warriors and a logo which i'm sure you can guess to the ducks see as i saw this morning again movies
0: is there any problem they haven't solved and shown us the way
1: they create a lot of problems
2: <laughs> proper definition of dinosaurs they ha- they haven't solved that one
1: proper defi- well no don't get me sidetracked on that cuz i have a <laughs> i have a geology minor and we don't want to go down that road right now
0: <laughs> and of course my mind goes straight to the joke of course you have a have a geology minor does he run around the house wearing his little miner's hat <laughs> Maybe. But I'm bummed.
1: Maybe I'm not. I'm not gonna, you know, admit that or deny it.
0: Oh God. <clears throat> yes, I sound very downtrodden, don't I?
1: <laughs> life, I don't life will do that to you.
0: I don't know why it is absolutely gorgeous to stay out here and I get to go outside and play with my power washer in a few minutes and then I may go lace up the inlines and throw on my Bella Clava and take off for a while.
2: We've just hit the January in the regular season period of this crazy cycle of life, I feel like. It is kind of the dog days of pandemic, isn't it? Yeah. Um,
0: the excitement of working from home, the excitement of all, the, you know, the weird stuff that's going on the newness of it all is worn off and now we're here. And there's it's no the all-star. the new normal. Game. Oh, I'm so sick. Thank
1: God. Thank God there's no all-star game.
0: <laughs> well, no. I uh, there's no all there's no pandemic all-star game.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> we're going to get a bunch of top leading virologists together and
1: epidemiologists.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll need some of them too. Well, yeah, the virologist and the epidemiologists will go head to head. How's that? All right, so, so you can so you can come up with a model that gets us closer to the lowest R-naught stat. <clears throat> That's the only thing, and I I hesitate to say that, it's been, that I've enjoyed from this. It's the only thing I've found entertaining, not entertaining, educational about this is learning more about the statistical models used for, um, epidemics, pandemics, and so forth, because they are they are different.
1: See, for me, it's been painful to look at all the poorly formatted graphs and poorly formatted data. And everybody's saying, well, it should be obvious to you. Look at this. And you're like, it means nothing to me, fix it.
0: <laughs> so here, watch this. Hey, Pat. <laughs> Yeah. You ever worked on a user interface before?
1: <laughs> uh, I've
0: been known to dabble. Yeah. Yeah. Every software engineer has been known to dabble at a user interface. How many of them are actually good? Right. So in a parallel, you have all these people that can put together the math and produce all these results. And generally not a single one of them is good at, at visualizing them. Just oh, like software no, I, engineers.
1: I completely agree. I mean, you know, I, I've done my share of beta testing.
0: Yeah, every software, not every, the vast majority of software engineers are great at putting programs together horrible at designing UIs that expose that program.
1: Well, it's also the fact that people assume, they make the assumption without even really thinking about it, that others will know what they know.
2: And what what we have and what's out there that is commonplace is actually good and not actually problematic. Yeah because I'd spend a lot of my days working with accessibility issues and, and dealing with that as I learn more and more.
1: Yep. I mean, yep. My, my first problem with any graph, besides, you know, the fact that they're piling too much data into it to begin with, is the fact that as a mapper, one of the things that I learned in college, computer cartography is make it so that so that colorblind people can read it what is the what is the color ramp that everybody uses red green (laughs) what the hell are you doing
0: (laughs) oh wow what a wild tangent
1: (laughs) I'm telling you, we should just start that geography podcast. Well, on. no, I'm biting
2: my tongue because you said graphic, and then I can we can dive down into web infographics and how terrible those all are. I was going to say, I w-
0: I looked at some of the posts that were coming out of the Hockey Analytics Conference. They did an online Hockey Analytics Conference this weekend, mm-hmm. and I w- looked at some of the graphs and the posts that were coming out of that, and I was just like, my eyes hurt, people. I
2: hate 99% of all the graphs That are out there Because it's just Here's a blob of information You can't discern this And it drives me up the wall The one
0: that I cringe every time I see it Are the proposed or Are the purported heat maps You know it Just blobs of red here and there
1: Red and green <laughs> and, blue.
2: <laughs> and blue And blue
1: Forget blue. I can accept blue. Or I mean,
2: this is taking it, putting some forethought into it. But even some of the good, bad, fun, boring charts are just your data might be correct, but the way you are presenting it is not only very biased, but it's also the margins that you're using, you, you're spinning your own story for for your own point, just like everyone else. So, uh, yes, like, I've been a, a graphic journalist in a former life.
1: It's like that, that Mark Twain quote, right? I'm pretty sure it was Mark Twain lies, damn lies, and statistics. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: One uh, <laughs> plus one is three,
2: don't you know? <laughs>
0: batting <laughs>
1: 300 is awful you're only hitting one-third of the time
0: not even one-third of the time True. if it was one-third of the time it would be it
1: was three three uh, three, three
2: repeating yeah All right. as i turn around and stare at a, a book that i read every year designing infographics there you go right right next to uh check please volumes one and two next to dangles <laughs> book Thanks to a draft guide from 2015, so... Okay, oh, quit that.
1: showing off. Come on.
2: <laughs> I know. How dare you have books? What are you? Some <laughs> fiction on my shelf, and that's a problem.
1: Some Wait, kind none of, of those smarty, were fiction? Uh, no,
2: I, guess. <laughs> I have some graphic novels, but everything is
0: fiction if you look at it the right way. <laughs> <clears throat> the only thing i like about the good bad fun boring charts is is when they have those massive outliers because it's kind of funny
2: yes
0: (laughs) but other than that it's like yeah okay you're biased you're already biased because you've defined what the quadrants mean so guess what one of the things that that they've been hammering home to us at work is attempting to get all of the biases out of your data
1: oh
0: no there's a chore for you yep yep because obviously ai being the new hot thing that's not going to go anywhere for 15 or 20 years um the smart companies are trying to make sure that they aren't building machine learning tools and algorithms that have inherent biases in them
1: So. Yeah. Well, me at work, I'm like trying to trying to start uh, writing down standards because no one likes having standards written down because that means they can't do it the way they've always done it. They have to do it the way everyone else is doing it. So, you but know, about let's, hockey. Let's be transparent about about what we're tracking and what we're doing, and and God forbid if we should, you know, actually have numbers that we can't explain. But again, yes, enough about hockey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything can be related to hockey.
1: Oh, yes it can.
0: <laughs> hockey is a um. On a running aside, my um, what the, hell the word I'm looking for? Neighbor, <laughs> the neighbor across the street. I think I may have mentioned before plays goalie in rec league. And obviously, since there's no games going on, he's been. I've seen him wandering around the front yard, sort of looking bored. And I just told him, go put your gear on and stand in front of your garage. And I was just going to shoot pucks across the street at him. <laughs> <laughs> I get to work on my slap shot. He gets to work, you know, on, on goaltending. And we get to, we get to test the whole soccer net theory that people like to put up when they say we need to make the nets bigger. Cause the garage is about, you know, as most of the garages around here are single bay, two car garages, which are, Kind of around the size of a soccer net. So here we go. You know, I'll get I've got a bunch of street pucks. I've got my old Easton aluminums. Yes, I said aluminum. And wait, wait, I'm sorry. Don't you mean aluminium? No, because I'm American, not English.
1: I (laughs) I have have a couple of wood sticks on my corner right here, actually.
0: I have uh, t- I do actually have a Titan TPM 2020 wood stick. The blade is broken on it And I'm very well, sad Oh, never mind Sorry.
1: I've got a, I've got a Bauer and I've got a uh, Russian stick I used to use
0: Ah, in the wow. Russia, in Soviet hockey Puck slap you
1: mm-hmm. I don't remember how I got The Russian one, but anyway
0: I have one that was used by a Russian player
1: I do not have any Game used sticks I have a couple of game-use jerseys. Do not have game-use sticks.
2: Yeah, nor do I.
0: I have I'm have. i okay with that, though. I have a Valerie Kaminsky and a Stefan Yell.
1: Valerie. It's Valari.
0: I, I'm Lushin, so no, it is Valerie.
2: So this is definitely the second conversation I've had about Stefan Yell this week. So if that's any signal to, uh, <laughs> to land the plane, I don't know what is. <laughs>
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> all right. So at the are beginning, we gonna, of- are we gonna yell on the way down? Huh? 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 I'll shut up. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I had I had no retort for that. Um, so beginning of last week, we were we were all under the assumption we were gonna get some answer on when the draft was gonna be held and various other things, and we got a whole lot of nothing out of phone calls between the board of governors and GMs. Whatever. So I pose this question to you. What excuse will the hockey media and or the hockey men use this week when they don't announce anything? Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast.
0: This has been the 3v3podcast, sponsored by nobody.